0: is Bloomberg Surveillance. Most of global growth is dominated by the emerging economies. China is the single largest contributor to overall global growth now.
1: When we look at what's happening in the U.S., that ultimately is going to be the driver of policy settings around the world. As long as the dollar
2: remains on the defensive,
1: not just to
3: the euro but also to the yen, some emerging market currencies, then the outlook for gold will continue to be
2: good. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance and investment on Bloomberg Radio.
1: Good morning. It is 7 a.m. on Wall Street, 7 p.m. in Kuala Lumpur, where your ringgit buys 1.6 percent less after Fed officials began suggesting markets are mispriced for the possibility of a June move. Global equity markets lower, but bonds be ahead of a host of U.S. economic indicators for you. We have them all under surveillance. I'm Michael McKee, along with Tom Keene. Here's where we are this morning. The stock 600 in Europe is down three points, nine-tenths of a percent. The DAX is off by 82 points, eight-tenths of a percent. And the FTSE in London is down by 75 points, 1.22 percent. Uh, that is uh, being blamed by traders on earnings and a mediocre economic outlook in Europe. In the U.S., futures off by 14 points, 7 tenths. Dow E-mini futures 102 points lower, 6 tenths. NASDAQ futures down 29. That's a 7 tenths drop. Uh, earnings not so great here either. We have one uh, just crossing the Bloomberg uh, professional service here, Time Warner, the uh the the main company, the cable company, not the not, not, well, the the, the um, Time Warner Inc. as opposed to cable. Uh, adjusted earnings a share dollar forty nine. The forecast was for a dollar thirty. Uh, we will know more about the economy at eight fifteen and eight thirty. Bonds, as I say, be calmed ahead of that little change in the curve with the 10-year note yield 1.79%, the five-year one25 and your two-year at 76 basis points. But let's look at currencies, the dollar index, higher. After San Francisco Fed President John Williams and Atlanta Fed President Dennis Lockhart joined Dallas Fed President Robert Kaplan, who spoke with us last week, in suggesting that if economic data comes in okay, June is a very live meeting for the Fed. The euro is lower. This morning, 114.85, the yen is, at the moment, uh, about flat, but a little bit higher, 106.73, but still uh, still much stronger. But it's emerging market currencies where you really see the move. The ringgit, as I uh, noted, down 1.6 uh, percent. The Korean won down 1.2 percent. Uh, the rupiah out of Indonesia down six-tenths. And the Chinese uh, move the yuan reference rate by the most in nine months, uh, right now, uh, going for, uh, 6.5047. It is, uh, also the dollar, uh, an effect on oil, usually. Oil prices, though, a little bit higher right now. West Texas, 43.83, four tenths of 8%, bread crude, 45.11, three tenths. Is it the chicken or the egg? The dollar and oil today. Skip York is principal oil research analyst at Wood Mackenzie in Houston. He is in our studios today. Uh, usually you'd see the dollar go one way, oil go uh, the other way. Uh, has that correlation broken down uh, over the last some months because of uh, the oversupply out there and all the extraneous, exogenous factors affecting the dollar?
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think we've got... Uh, We've just got a confusing. We've had a confusing market, not just uh, in oil, but uh, and not just in the financials, but across all commodities. And I think the historical correlations have broken down. Um, We've also had this technological change with tight oil and how responsive it looks like it 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 will be, Uh, and maybe those historical relationships need now need to reset. And we're just in that period of time where we we don't know what we don't know.
1: What uh, what's the short term? Let me ask you that because we do get the, uh, the the inventories data today. Oil prices have moved up significantly over the last couple of weeks. We're still, even though we've been down for a couple of days, we're still in the mid 40s. But uh, in the short run, uh, where do you think we go? Do we stay in this area? Go back down, or start going back up again?
0: We think uh, that you know that the physical value of oil is somewhere in the mid 40s. Uh, we expect that there's going to be volatility around it. Every sort of major event, uh, you know, there's a the expectation that today we're going to see a build number that could possibly put downward pressure on prices once the data comes out. You know, we have another OPEC meeting coming in early June. Um, The consensus expectation is that there will not be a production cut similar to the last three meetings. That's probably going to be another downward pressure moment uh, for oil. But the trend, the reason why the trend is on the upswing is that we're starting to see those, Negative numbers coming in in non-OPEC supply. We're starting to see production turnover from the U.S. Uh, it's starting to spread to other parts of non-OPEC. That's that, along with the mm-hmm. weakening do- dollar, is what's driving that that trend upward. But there's always going to be these events that are going to put a downdraft uh, over you know days or over a few day period around well, good, the news.
3: Good morning, everyone. Skip York with us. Uh, West Texas Intermediate, forty three eighty three, up eighteen cents. Brent crude, forty five thirteen, up sixteen. Since. Bloomberg Surveillance this morning brought you by Invesco. Invesco believes it's time to bench the benchmarks, to consider active management and factor-based strategies. Find out more at Invesco.com slash high conviction. One of the great things, uh, Skip York, about Woods McKenzie is you actually spend a lot of time uh, asking what are people actually doing, not what they're talking about. What is the doing of the oil business in America right now?
0: I, I think the doing right now is that it is still down in that uh, hunker-down phase. It was sort of, uh, you know, adapt. Uh, now, we were in an adaptive phase in 2015. I think we're now in that survival phase. And uh, the, the people who make it to the other side are going to be looking for the growth phase when we get probably in late 16 into 2017. So what are they doing right now? They're They're starting to... Ask themselves. They're starting to think about what they do when oil prices allow them to reposition. And the concern that the producers have is, you know, oil prices get to get to a point where this well is economic. Um, But am I gonna am I gonna have the financial ability to drill the well? Uh, Does my balance sheet support a stronger drilling program? And then. Can I actually get the work done? We increasingly hear fears about uh, well, the oil field services not being able to, to deliver.
3: Yeah, one measure of the bounce back, Michael McKee, Exxon down 31% uh, from 2014 peaks and up 23% off that bottom.
1: Well, Got to press the red button. Uh, let me give you an even uh, more current one here, Noble uh, Energy. Um, they're an EMP company. Out with earnings, you're not going to be surprised to know that they uh, made uh, 53 cents a share and the consensus was 57. But here's the headline that catches my eye. They're boosting their yearly production view. Uh, Is this because prices are going up and we're going to see all these guys come back into the market and put pressure on prices again?
0: I think the, uh, the the revisions we're seeing now is that you know you've got that inventory of drilled but uncompleted wells, and I think people are going to start tapping into those and 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 bleeding that inventory back down to sort of historical norms uh, so those are relatively easy you know in a rising oil price environment, those are the easy barrels to go after because you've already sp- sunk a lot of the cost of the well, but once you've tapped that inventory, what do you do next and that's sort of the that's sort of the pause well, how long that does they, that last? The, you know this
1: this tapping.
0: Yeah, we think they can go into the inventories. That it's you know it is about a 12 month, 12 to 18 month period before to for them to bleed down those inventories. But there will always be a mix. They will not just do uncompleted wells. They'll be doing some new drilling and some uncompleted wells. And what we'll see is that the mix will change from completing un- the the inventory wells to drilling new wells. That's what we'll yeah. we'll see that shift over. 2017
3: A question I haven't asked in all the uh, the emotion of the last two years from a hundred dollars down to forty dollars is the romance of deep sea oil does it just not make sense anymore? I mean is anybody out there drilling to find the mother load?
0: Well exploration has uh, you know essentially collapsed uh, and most of the exploration activity that we' were seeing in 13 and 14 was in the deep in the ultra deep water. We're seeing a lot less of that activity. That's uh, the concern. I was in Brazil in late March, and they're very worried that the the shine's gone off their coin, and they may not be able to get the international attention back, even in a recovered environment. Interesting. Uh, Nobody's putting money
1: into it anymore. They're they're cutting back so much at this point that – In a a way, doesn't this take the pressure off off, uh, the end of oil story and the the shift over to, you know, alternative energy?
0: Well, you know, with uh, lower oil prices in the last year, I mean, you really saw it in the hybrid market in the U.S. where, you know, hybrid auto sales uh, dropped off dramatically because, you know, gasoline prices had fallen a a dollar a gallon. It is certainly harder for alternative energy to compete in a $40 world versus a $100 world. But as long as they keep making technological innovations, then their, their competitiveness improves. So they're part of the mix. They'll be a growing part of the mix. The question is the, is the growth rate mm-hmm. of alternative fuels, not whether or not they exist now, in the mix.
3: We're going to rip up the script on this day of politics. I want to talk to you about Skip York's Texas as well. Skip Dork with us with Woods and McKenzie. Is also, He's in
0: our New York studios. It's also
1: Star Wars Day.
3: May the 4th
1: mean? be with you.
2: You don't uh, know that? Michael uh, Barr Michael knows. Bar- everybody knows. it. I'm sorry, story. Michael, you yeah, were here to witness this. Yeah, I, I do know. But, uh, my it's, wife may be watching. It's Tom hey. who does not get
3: it. <laughs> <laughs> on the break, you can let me know, Michael Barr, what the hell was going on. Uh, there, futures negative 15 now, negative 14 down futures, negative 99. The 10-year yield just under 1.80%. Oil again, 4383 per barrel
1: all right let's check in with michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines
2: mike tom thank you very much it's all but certain now that donald trump and hillary clinton will be facing each other in the presidential election in november trump won yesterday's indiana primary prompting trump's main rival ted cruz to drop out of the race democrat bernie sanders won yesterday in indiana but is far behind clinton in the delegate count for the nomination. President Obama will visit Flint, Michigan today, the city that is under a water contamination crisis. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo says former Assembly Speaker Sheldon Silver's 12-year prison sentence in the $5 million corruption case sends a message that officials who abuse the public's trust. Will be held accountable. Silver also was ordered to forfeit 5.3 million dollars and pay a 1.75 million dollar fine. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom.
3: Very good. It's on this May 4th, as the 4th is with us, we say our slogan he here: Bloomberg he Surveillance.
2: Got do, I am your son.
3: Do or do, do or do not. There is no try.
1: Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by Elbow Beach Bermuda, an oceanfront enclave of classic style and contemporary luxury, 50 acres of lush gardens and a private ribbon of pink sand beach. Go to ElbowBeachBermuda.com for more details.
2: Global Business News, 24 hours a day
1: at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
0: And I'm Karen Moscow. This update is brought to you by National Realty. 30% returns on cash and rented real estate. Find them at nria.net. Time Warner posting first quarter earnings that beat analyst estimates as higher ratings. At the news network led to a surge in advertising sales. Priceline.com also beat. Futures are lower this morning. S&P E-mini futures down 12 and a half points. Dow E-mini futures down 89. Nasdaq E-mini futures down 30. Dax in Germany's down 8 tenths percent. The 10-year Treasury that'll change yield 1.79 percent. Nymex crude oil up half percent or 21 cents to 43.86 a barrel. Comex gold down 1.1 percent or 13.80 dollars 80 to 12.78 an ounce. The euro, $1, a dollar fourteen ninety three. The yen, one hundred six point seven three. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike.
3: Uh, very good, Karen. Uh, thank you so much. Skip York with us, holding court on the tenth floor, at five eight four seven San Felipe. Did I pronounce that correctly, Skip? San Felipe. Yeah. San Felipe, Houston, Texas seven seven zero five seven. What is the state of the great state of Texas? I mean, we have all of our stereotypes. Smash them for us. What is the state of Texas? Uh,
0: I think the state of Texas—it's healthier than um, than it's ever been in any other price correction. I think the the state and in Houston in particular learned the lesson in 1986 and diversified itself. So, you know, the the estimate is that um, Texas has lost 70,000 oil uh, jobs in the last year, but it's growing jobs in the other part of the sector. So. Um, the mood in Houston is it's somber. It took a while for it to get there, but there's also a view that right. it's not the end of days. So.
1: Well, is there? You're in the business. Is there a feeling that we have seen most of the job cuts from all these companies that we're going to see, or is there another big round coming?
0: I, I think the feeling is is that the the worst is past us where, but it's it's a we're in a flat spot. So probably don't see a lot more job cuts cutting but we also don't see jobs being added. That's kind of yeah, the I, mood in the in in the in, in Michael
3: the I bring this up because lower for longer is the phrase. Texas is not a lower for longer state.
1: No. They mm. no. <laughs> they want to get up and get going. Yeah. Uh the other thing that I've uh, heard is the oil prices are going back up. As you mentioned, we're going to open some of the wells that are there, but there, there, there was some comment to the effect that the companies that want to do that are going to have trouble finding workers because much the same as the construction industry discovered after the collapse of the housing market, all the people who get
0: laid off go on and find other jobs and, and aren't willing to come back. Yeah, I, I was in Oklahoma City a few months ago in one of the uh, – Exactly. One of the CEOs of uh, one of the independents said the worst thing for the oil industry right now is 5% unemployment. And what he meant by that was that people go off and find other jobs, and they had these great anecdotes of keeping track of some of the better rig crew managers and captains and uh, calling up and just kind of saying, how are things going, and having them increasingly say, stop calling. Because I found a job in Beaumont, Texas, working in a petrochemical plant, or I'm now a welder, and – uh, this other spot, and I'm just not going back to the volatility of the patch. So, you know, thanks yeah. for thanks for checking, but stop checking.
3: We when we used to, read, folks, this is long ago when um, big companies had printed annual reports. Some of you may remember actually reading an Exxon or Mobil annual, a Texaco mm-hmm. annual yeah. report. Um, when I look, Skip York, at the price that they assume, how has big oil's price changed? After this tobacco,
0: yeah, I think big oil was one of the one of the sectors in the upstream that never really kind of took the enthusiasm. It never went. I agree. I think they never thought it was hundred dollars forever. Yeah, um, but I think what they did do is they were on programs where drilling or development programs where they needed about seventy dollars a barrel to break even on cash flow. Um, which is, you know, far away from $100 a barrel. They're now paring themselves back. We think they're now down into the low fifty. Okay, but this morning at, at
3: some tower in Houston or wherever, they're modeling 2019,
0: 2020. Are they even holding the meeting? Uh, well, they they are holding the meeting. They have to hold the meeting, right? If you're somebody like an Exxon or a Shell uh Tide oil isn't a big part of your portfolio. It exactly. might be the growth part of the portfolio, but your portfolio is still driven by these longer lead projects. And you've got to be figuring out. I mean, what, in the fall, late, late last year, uh, we sat with a number of planning groups that said, you know, we've got to be – we've got projects that we know we need to sanction right now. What we're looking for is the price signal that tells us that three to five years out, it's the right decision to make it now. And so they are having those meetings. What they're trying to figure out is, you know, it's not the where is the price of oil today, but it's trying to figure out what that trajectory is, and then when do they time their sanctioning decision to match that trajectory. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, this is an, a,
1: a problem the, the Gulf states went through 30, 40 years ago. Uh, what is What should the price be? They answered it by forming a cartel, OPEC, and set a price. What's likely to happen in the United States when we have this uh, ongoing issue of, you know, the price goes up and then everybody jumps in and then we get too much inventory and then the price goes down and you get this volatility? Is it going to work itself out where people generally agree on a, a stable price or are we going to see volatility
0: for years? I think, you know, tight oil might be the, the, the new driver of, of volatility. I, what what you could see, what could be stabilizing or what could strip volatility out of that tight Oil response is, you know, as the majors add more tight Oil to their portfolios, which they do want to do, they will drill it as a portfolio, not on a well-by-well basis. So as they become a bigger part of the tight Oil footprint, you may not see as dramatic a reaction in tight Oil to a change in the oil price than you would have seen if it was just the independents that were in that, that space of the upstream.
3: Where's Where's oil in a year? It's a totally irresponsible question, but I'll go with it this morning. Where's oil in a year? Does Wood Mackenzie have a a view like Ed Morris has a view? You
0: know, we have a view that you know, from here, we we sort of think we're going to range trade in the 40 to 40 in the mid 40s uh, through most of this year. If we go out to the end of 2017, we think we're in the you know the upper 50s, low 60s. It's this is going to be a long, slow slog. It, this is the longer mm-hmm. part of lower for longer.
3: Skip York, thank you so much. Always interesting. I, I come away smarter when Mr. York darkens the we door. We here every there. day
0: because otherwise
1: we're in trouble. <clears throat>
3: yeah. <laughs> What's McKenzie, <McKinsey? laughs> future smarter. We got, well, what we got is a smarter tape. Things are better. Negative 15. We're now up to negative 13. What an ugly (laughs) hour. Mr. Optimist over there. (laughs) No, but what an (laughs) ugly hour and a half from like 5 a.m. ish in. Well, the Dow's
1: Mm. below 100, negative 100. Yeah, uh,
3: 724 this morning. Uh, An improvement to the tape is about what we can tell you. Stay with us. A most interesting, productive morning. Bloomberg surveillance.
1: Coming up, we'll find out what CEOs think of the economy ahead. Rich Lesser from Boston Consulting Group on the views of the people who make the investment decisions.